Welcome back to Yang Daily. I'll be your host, Alex Cheney, bringing you all the Yang news you need to live your life right. Okay, I'm gonna be honest. We didn't make any progress on the backlog of news from last time. It may have grown a bit instead. I know, I'm trying. There's just too much going on, I'm telling you. All right, so I might also not be doing the best job of prioritizing the stories. We've got rumors that Biden is going to finally push for filibuster reform. The DOJ is suing Texas over the abortion ban. New CTC data, some UBI stuff. New York banning gas cars by 2035. It's a whole mess. We're gonna catch up to it. Eh, most of it. Soon, I promise. For today, we've got Space versus Humanity, the UN versus AI, Gavin versus Newsom, he's his own worst enemy, COVID versus hospitals, and Yang Gang versus politics. Let's get into it. Quick shout out to our tier three patrons, Shay Mian and Nathan Stankowski, as well as all our other patrons. You keep us all informed and engaged. If any of you out there want to join these advocates of humanity first and independent journalism, head on over to patreon.com slash yangdaily. It would only take a couple of bucks a month from each listener to keep this podcast and community going and growing into the future. Now on to the news. Starting off with a bang, literally, let me clarify. SpaceX launched the first all-civilian crew into orbit today, and it went, spoiler alert, swimmingly. The crew of four will be spending three days orbiting Earth before returning. The crew leader, a billionaire, funded the mission and part randomly selected the other three members, one from a random drawing of donors to St. Jude Children's Hospital, which was the charity for this launch. Why should we care? Because this is really the start of access to space travel, extending to all of humanity. Obviously, there's a way to go yet, but the price will continue to drop as it did with air travel. Someday, traveling to orbit or Mars will be a not-out-of-reach thing for the common bloke. Big congratulations to the crew. If you want to learn more, you can check out the link in the description to watch the whole thing and or watch the ongoing documentary on Netflix. On to more earthly matters, the UN's human rights chief has called for banning the sale and use of artificial intelligence technologies that threaten human rights and privacy until they are properly regulated. It's a disturbingly vague declaration into which just about anything could be shoved, though their focus appears to be on facial recognition's accuracy, racial bias, and potential for abuse by governments and corporations. All in all, it's a fairly desperate admission that the pace of development of AI has left regulatory agencies in the dust. From UN High Commissioner for Human Rights, Michelle Bachelet, best guess, quote, Given the rapid and continuous growth of AI, filling the immense accountability gap in how data is collected, stored, shared, and used is one of the most urgent human rights questions that we face, end quote. That sure sounds like a call for data rights to me. I could swear I heard someone else going on about that in a presidential primary. Warren? Pete? It'll come to me. We use AI to choose what kind of and who gets welfare, jobs, information, etc. And authorities are just now sounding the alarm on this? Where was this level of concern over social media algorithms a decade ago? Heck, we needed this level of scrutiny on non-artificial intelligence news bias. These are the things shaping our lives and the world from start to finish. But some want to go further. From the director of advocacy group Fight for the Future, 
quote, like nuclear or biological weapons, technology like this has such an enormous potential for harm that it cannot be effectively regulated and it must be banned, end quote. Like forever? I assume he's talking about facial recognition there, not AI in general. Either way, pretty extreme statements coming out of the UN and human rights groups here. I do understand why some think that facial recognition is more dangerous than it's worth, but I don't much like the idea of banning technology because it could be abused. I mean, what technology does that leave us with, really? What do you think? Think about it and leave your opinion in the thread or YouTube comments. Moving even more locally, we didn't talk much about the California recall and, well, now it's over. Really saved some time there, right? Maybe not. We still need to talk about it. Newsom defeated the recall 64% to 36%. A month or so ago, it was looking like Republicans might have a chance, mostly because Democrats just were not as motivated, despite Newsom having pretty good approval ratings. But that changed when they realized that a recall would leave them with Larry Elder, a dyed-in-the-wool nutjob. How that would happen is actually more interesting than what happens to Newsom. You see, California's recall works like this. If you can gather about one and a half million signatures, you can start a recall. Then people vote on a ballot that asks them two things. Are you in favor of the recall? And who would you choose as replacement? If over 50% vote to recall, the governor is out and whoever else had the most votes is in. Sounds simple. Sounds good. Problem is, it suffers from the same deficiencies as all of our other plurality voting systems, and then some. Namely, if there are more than two candidates, the winner will not have a majority of the vote, and vote splitting can get an overall unpopular candidate elected by a small minority of enthusiastic fans. Even if put head-to-head -head with one of the candidates that had less first-choice votes, they would lose. In this case, it gets even worse, because they also don't have to compete with the sitting governor. For example, let's say 51% voted to recall Newsom, and there were a lot of other candidates running to replace him, with the winner being Larry with just 20% of the vote. That means that Newsom, who 49% voted to keep, would be replaced by Larry, who just 20% voted for. And that is just of the people who voted, which isn't the same amount in each case. Many people voted on recall, but did not vote on a replacement, meaning Larry got 20% of a smaller group of voters. The guy with less votes would beat the guy with more votes. I think we can all agree that is super stupid. As such, it should come as no surprise that California Democrats are already moving to reform the recall laws. To get rid of pluralistic voting and use something smart like score, ranked, or approval voting, you ask? Of course not, you silly optimist, but aren't you cute for hoping? No, they're aiming for two constitutional amendments, one to raise the number of signatures required to start a recall, and the other to make the lieutenant governor the replacement should a recall succeed. Is it the reform they should do? No. Is it mostly to prevent any chance of Republicans ever sneaking into office? Pretty much really, California, you can do better than either plurality voting or appointment. There are better voting systems out there. Take a hit of that score voting. It's just the thing. Moving on, there's new data out from house spittles. 
hospitals, hospitals that shows that the COVID crisis has only grown worse. The 20% overcapacity that we talked about last time has become 25% of the hospitals that we have data for. The map of overcrowded hospitals ironically looks like the Southwest has a major case of recreationally transmitted disease, also ironically spreading from the appendage that is Florida. Every ICU bed in Alabama is currently spoken for. Texas isn't far behind. Our healthcare system is buckling under the weight of COVID cases, and almost all of the severe cases are unvaccinated. If you want to know why Biden is resorting to mandates, go to the links and look at that map. The pandemic is not over, no matter how much we wish it were. In more pleasant news, do you remember how Yang Gang legend Erica Rhodes is running for Congress in California, and you've been out there campaigning for her because you're awesome? Remember that? So you already know that she's having phone bank sessions every Wednesday and Thursday for her fast-approaching race. I don't need to tell you guys. This is for those other people who have been loafing around not doing their part, you know? You see any of them, you let them know, okay? Link below. And finally, we are just two weeks out from the Worldwide Basic Income March, and you, yes you, haven't got your city on the map yet, have you? What are you doing? Go to the podcast description right now, click the link that takes you to the links where you can click the link for the march and start an event so strangers can come party with you to toast UBI. And call your friends and make them come too. We're trying to have a movement over here. And that'll do it for today's Yang Daily. Bookmark and share the Inspiration4 launch the UNAI ban, the hospital overload data, phone banking for Erica, and the UBI march, flood Congress with calls, tweets, faxes, and letters using the resist bot or income movement easy contacts below. If you need help, consult Humanity Forward, the Income Movement Aid Database, the Mission Asset Fund, or United Way, and don't forget to Yang Daily.